Welcome to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I'm your host, Reagan Rose. Well, guys, it's great to be back with you. We're here in episode two of season three of the show. And the theme for this season is slow ductivity. We're talking about that aspect of personal productivity of time management that sometimes gets neglected. And that is the fact that we can't do it all. Sometimes we need to slow down, do less so we can do more. So in last week's episode, I talked with Jordan Rayner. Go listen to that one if you haven't. We talked a lot about this theme that came out in his recent book, Redeeming Your Time, and just the idea behind that we need rest. We need to take breaks. We need to pace ourselves if we really, truly want to be productive with our lives. So I'm excited to bring this episode to you. But before we jump into it, if you like this podcast, if you're getting value out of it, you're finding that my approach to talking about personal productivity from a biblical perspective is pointing you more towards Christ, enhancing your life, and making you a better steward of your resources and time, and you would like to support the show, well, there is an opportunity to do that. You can go to patreon.com slash redeemingprod. That's Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash redeeming prod. You can support the show for as little as five bucks a month. I have different tiers set up in there where you can get stickers from me as a thank you or redeeming productivity notebooks or join our private discord to connect with other like-minded Christians. So again, if you love this show or my newsletters or videos or articles or just want to help support the creation of resources on personal productivity from a biblical perspective, consider supporting me on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash redeemingprod. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who does support the show. I would not be able to do this without you. I appreciate it. So in this week's episode, I want to talk really pointedly about the subject of overcommitment. Um, In the Redeeming Productivity Academy, which is my membership program, we've been going through this subject really in depth, this idea of overcommitment. And I actually called the training that I did on the subject, the problem that productivity cannot solve. Overcommitment is the problem that productivity can't solve. And what I mean is, There is a lot of ways we can optimize our lives. There's a lot of ways we can squeeze more juice from the lemon. There's a lot of ways we can pile the plate higher. But at some point, because we're finite creatures, you just run out of space. We used to go to uh, a Mongolian barbecue restaurant here. We have BD's Mongolian Barbecue here in the Detroit area. I don't know if that's a national chain or not, but that's where we always used to go. And it's one of these places where you go in and there's sort of like a a bar type area where you can load up your plate, like buffet style. And so it's got a bunch of different meats, a bunch of different toppings and ingredients. And basically what you're doing is you're building your own little stir fry thing. And then you take it up to the, the counter and they cook it on this big, huge grill right in the middle where you can watch it and they, you know, flip around the little chop, chop, chop thingies and talk to you and stuff. What's my point? My point is that you paid by the bowl. You paid by the bowl, which meant if you were a 
high school or a college-aged man-child, you found ways to stack those things high. Everybody had their different techniques. Everybody had their different techniques. But the one that I think was most effective, and you, you can feel free to, to fight me on this, was you put kind of like the looser ingredients, maybe if you had some some noodles or some like veggies or things like that, you put that in the bottom of the bowl. And the reason is the raw meat, you could stack much higher and it would push things down, you know, because it was heavier. And so you, you'd see guys going up to the counter with, with plates that were 12, maybe even 18 inches high stacked with food. And they still paid whatever it was, $8.99 or whatever for the bowl because they stacked that thing plenty high. But even with the creativity of a voracious college-aged man-child, eventually you run out of space. Eventually you stack the bowl too high. And, and that's a metaphor, my friends. The metaphor is the same is true of our lives. You can get into productivity, you can get into time management, and you can start to think that I can add more and more and more and more. This leads to overcommitment. So overcommitment has always been sort of a perennial problem for me. And I'm guessing the following probably sounds familiar to some of you. First, you were feeling overwhelmed one day with responsibilities. And so you started looking into how can I better manage my time? Maybe somebody handed you a copy of Seven Habits for Highly Effective People or Getting Things Done or Deep Work. And, and one of these books started you on your journey to becoming more productive, your journey of time management. Because the promise was, I don't have to feel overwhelmed if I manage things better. But then you start to get a handle on things. You learn the techniques. You get the hang of this productivity thing. And so what do you do? You start taking on more projects. But then you realize you've taken on too much. And you're stressed out again. And you're overwhelmed. And you're under the brink of burnout again, just like you were before you ever learned these things. Only this time you're managing even more number of projects, even a higher degree of responsibilities because you've learned how to manage them all better. But you're still at the edge of burnout. And so what do you do? Well, you go, you start over. You go on a mission. I, I'm going to complete or renegotiate all of my obligations and commitments. I'm going to, quote unquote, clear the decks. And I'm going to return myself to a reasonable number of commitments. I'm going to get back to, back to what I can actually manage. And you do that for a while. And then the confidence returns. So you start saying yes to more commitments. Before you know it, you've returned to that level of overload again. And the overcommitment cycle repeats. Yeah, this is what I call it. I call it the overcommitment cycle. And I've, I've seen it in myself. And as I talk to other people about it, it's a common thing for people who are into productivity is you, you got into it to get rid of the overcommitment, to get rid of the overwhelm. And suddenly you find yourself overwhelmed again because all you've learned to do is take on more and more things again. And so the very techniques that promised you freedom from overwhelm become the enablers of it Again, the problem at its core may not be a productivity issue. It may not be that you don't know how to manage your time well. It may be that you have a penchant for taking on too much, and that needs to be dealt with. I definitely see this in my own life, to be honest with you. I have a major penchant for taking on too much. I have this just vivid memory of collapsing into this chair at a bank. 
and I just collapsed onto this chair and started sobbing uncontrollably. Now, thankfully, no one was around because it was the middle of the night. I was actually there to clean the bank. I was a janitor. You see, I, I got out of college around 2008, 2009, and in the Detroit area, stepped into the uh, collapse of the economy. And so there, I couldn't find jobs in my field. And so I was just taking all kinds of odd jobs. And one of those was that I was cleaning buildings in the middle of the night, mostly banks. So it's about 1 a.m. I had just had a full day of work. I worked for a missions agency at the time doing, doing media. And I had just met with three different college students because I was discipling college-age guys and now it was the middle of the night and I was cleaning banks as well. And the reason I was crying was because in a few hours, I would need to wake up and do the whole thing over again. And I still had two more banks to clean that night. I had too much on my plate. I was addicted to overcommitment. I thought I could do it all. I, I really wanted to be involved in ministry, and so I was doing ministry. But I, I was newly married, and so I wanted to be making money to support my wife, so I was doing that too. And I, as I was sitting there in that chair just crying about the situation I got myself into, that's what I was asking. How did this happen? Why am I working so much? What did I do to get here? And I would like to tell you that was the last time that I overcommitted myself, but it, it's a it's a problem that I repeat again and again and again. And I don't think it's because I don't know enough about personal productivity. I think something else is going on. You know, overcommitment is actually a pretty common phenomenon in our day and age. I read somewhere that knowledge workers tend to take on about 20% more in terms of commitments than they actually are able to handle. They'd talk to all these people that felt overwhelmed at work and they'd find out that they were saying yes to more things that they actually had the time to do and it tended to be about 20% more. And it's not just at work too. Overcommitment affects students, pastors, writers, stay-at-home moms, grandmas, grandpas, even uncles. <laughs> it really it affects anybody in this modern age. Because there is so much we can be doing, whether you're an uncle or not, <laughs> that you just feel like, I need to try to do it all. And so we get overwhelmed. But I really think there's something unique about the age we live in, in this whole idea of, of knowledge work specifically. If you work on a computer for your job, that's the main thing you do. There is this sort of ethereal nature to your output. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you're building birdhouses for a living and you can turn around at the end of the day and say, I built 15 birdhouses. You know, it's, it's hard to judge sometimes what you actually did today. You might feel quote unquote productive, but what is the output? Some numbers changed on a computer. A certain number of emails were sent. It's just sort of, sort of intangible, right? And that's why I think overcommitment can particularly affect people in these arenas and, and in ministry as well, because it's also sort of intangible. And one thing you'll notice is that this isn't as common for someone who is, say, an auto mechanic, for example. Obviously, if you're a mechanic, you can take on too much and have too much work to do, but it, it's much more obvious to you more quickly because of the physical nature of what you're doing. When you can't fit another car into your lot because you've taken too many appointments, you'd be crazy to keep adding more. 
But if if it's just work that's on a to-do list or projects that are buried in your inbox somewhere, it's hard to assess how much you actually are committed to without those physical reminders of how much time your current obligations require of you. It's always easy to say yes to one more thing. But before you know it, you're headed up to the grill at Mongolian barbecue and your plate topples and you've spilled raw chicken all over the floor. But I think that it's more than just the intangibility of our work that drives us to overcommit. That definitely is part of it. But man, I mean, we're Christians here. Let's think about it. What's going on here? There's, I think there's something going on with our hearts. For me, my first bout with overcommitment came with that taking on too many things as a newly married man where I was working at that bank and crying in that chair. I, I was so scared that I wouldn't be able to provide for my family and I wanted so badly to be doing these ministry things too. And I just, I think part of me thought, well, if, if, if I just do all of this stuff, you know, the Lord's going to help work it out. You know, I'll, I'll just, I'll trust that since most of the stuff I'm trying to do is ministry related, he'll, he'll enable me to just miraculously have more time, you know, fish and loaves type stuff is, is I think what I vaguely thought would happen. And it's not to say the Lord can't or, or wouldn't do that, that he doesn't support us as we seek to to push ourselves to our limits to serve him. But he also teaches us about wisdom. And there is wisdom in recognizing your limits. And what I'm really getting at is I think that what drives a lot of my desire to overcommit is pride. In fact, I can think back on that time of my life when I was working three jobs and I couldn't handle it all. And I was proud of it. I bragged about how many hours I worked and how much I was doing. You know, it was always humble brags. You know, I'm not crazy. I knew how to, <laughs> I knew how to cloak my pride like a good Christian, but it was pride. I knew it. I'd brag about it. Oh, I'm just so busy. I got so much on my plate. Yep. Serving the Lord. Yep. 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 I was proud of it until I was smashed up against burnout. And so I think that's a big part of it. There's a heart issue oftentimes with why we overcommit. So let's talk about that. Why do Christians overcommit? Why is it that me or you as a believer in Jesus Christ, why would I be driven to do more than I possibly can give myself to? There's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons. I'll just give you some examples. One that's just worth considering if your penchant for overcommitment tends to be in the work sphere is it could be love of money. And that doesn't always look like, you know, that you're running around with 10 Rolexes on your wrist. Why are you doing that? One watch is enough. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be that, you know, a lot of times we picture the love of money and we think that, you know, picture some super rich guy. People who are very, very poor can suffer from the love of money too. It's a condition of the heart, not of the wallet. We want to make more money, and so we try to take on more work than we can do. That that can drive overcommitment. A fear of man is a massive one. We don't want to disappoint people, and so we say yes even when we shouldn't. This one is rampant in the world of ministry because how do you say no to a ministry opportunity? You know, how do you say no if your church asks you um, to help lead a small group or or join the greeter ministry or do X, Y, and Z? You can't say no. That's ministry. But if you're already spread too thin, 
you probably shouldn't do that because you know it's going to mean neglecting another commitment. But, but oftentimes fear of man, you know, wanting to impress people or not wanting to disappoint them can drive that. Guilt is another one. We feel obligated to do a commitment, even if it doesn't align with our priorities, our purpose, or even how much time we have. I think a lot of it is we think we can do it all or we have something to prove. It's not always pride, but there is just this this heart issue is often behind our desire to overcommit. And of course, there is just ignorance, too. And I think this is a big one for a lot of us. We simply don't know how to manage our time well. So we take on more than we can do. In, I mentioned in our Redeeming Productivity Academy, that's our private community for productivity-minded believers. I'm going to be opening up registration for that soon here, so stay tuned for information. But you can find out more about that at redeemingproductivity.com academy if you're interested. But in that, when we were going through this course on overcommitment and how to deal with it, one of the exercises I actually had the people do in the academy was to take an inventory of everything you're currently committed to. And I'll tell you what, you want to, you want to shock yourself, try to do that. Give yourself enough time. Give yourself, uh, sit down for an hour and try to write down everything that you have said yes to, any sort of responsibilities you have, any sort of duties. And it's shocking. It's shocking how many things you've agreed to. And you'll very quickly realize, wow, I am really failing at most of these. And so a lot of times it's just ignorance. We say yes to stuff because we, we don't know how much stuff we've already said yes to. So there's a lot of reason we might overcommit. Sometimes it's sinful pride. Sometimes it's just ignorance, but it causes problems. It might not cause you to weep at a bank in the middle of the night. Actually, it was a credit union. might not cause you to cry in a chair at a bank at night, but it does cause lots of issues. I mean, namely, obviously you could name these stress. Uh, Ironically, it leads to broken commitments. Usually when you say yes to too many things, Often you, you end up in sort of this time management Ponzi scheme, right? So you're, you're borrowing from this other commitment to pay this new commitment that you've just said yes to. And so you're actually not fulfilling what you said you were going to do to these other people because it was a couple of weeks ago and you've just said yes to this new thing. And that gets you on a treadmill of over-promising and under-delivering where you're disappointing everyone and it's really not helpful. Another problem with overcommitment is depending on what's driving you to say yes to so many things, it can often result in you having a lot of responsibilities that are actually misaligned with your priorities. What I mean is if you have clarity on what it is that God has called you to do, you know what you're seeking and what you're trying to do with this life, but you still just say yes to all of these things that are tangential to it because guilt or fear of man or love money or pride or something. You are actually spreading yourself thin and and making yourself not make progress on the thing that you should be doing. That's a problem. That's a problem. And of course, taken to its extreme, overcommitment leads to meaninglessness, hopelessness, and burnout. So what really is it that makes us do this? I, I definitely think it's pride, but Let's try to specify that. Why do we take on more than we can handle? Whether it's pride or ignorance or a combination of both, I think the big lie that we believe that's behind overcommitment, the big lie is I am infinite. I am infinite. This is the lie. I can always do more. 
I'll always be able to make more time for this thing. And so, of course, I can say, yes, I'll figure it out later. Future me is going to have a lot more time and energy and focus on his hands. And I really do think that this lies behind so much of what drives people who are interested in productivity. Like you, you think if the, the problem is I just need to, to figure out a better technique. It, maybe if I use a, a better app to manage my to-dos or if I just learn a new way to think about my priorities and recategorize them or if I'm just a little more organized, then I'll have infinite time. You're not infinite. That's the problem. You are finite. You cannot fit it all in. Eventually, the Mongolian barbecue must topple. And maybe, just maybe, it's not an issue with you that you need to learn to be more infinite. Maybe the problem is that it's not possible. I love this quote from Oliver Berkman. He wrote the book 4,000 Weeks which is a great read. He's not a believer, but he kind of really hits the nail on the head about how sometimes we productivity-minded people can think about time. This is what he says, quote, When you're faced with too many demands, it's easy to assume that the only answer must be to make better use of time by becoming more efficient, driving yourself harder, or working for longer as if you were a machine in the Industrial Revolution. Instead of asking whether the demands themselves might be unreasonable. Man, is that you? That's for sure me. That's for sure me. The fact is we cannot do it all. It's not possible. And, and when I say it, you know this is true. We all know this, but we, we tend to not believe it in the moment. But the reason you can't do it all is because you are not God. You can't do it all because you are not God. God can do it all because God's God. God can do it all because he's the uncreated, infinite, sovereign king of glory, maker and sustainer of all things. He upholds the world by the word of his power. He can do it all. He can do it all. I can't. I'm just a creature. I'm not infinite. I'm finite. And here's the amazing, freeing, wonderful grace-filled truth that you need to saturate your mind with. If this is you, if you're like me and you have a penchant for overcommitment, a penchant to assume that you're infinite when you're not, remember that God knows that you are finite. It says in Psalm 103, verse 14, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. He remembers we're dust. Do you remember that man was made from the dust of the earth? God remembers. I feel like we forget, but God remembers. And I think one thing, one application of that is we can remember that God knows you can't do it all. He doesn't expect you to. And it just goes to this thing that we just need to remember is God doesn't need me. God doesn't need me. He can accomplish his purposes without me. It's grace that he lets me be a part of accomplishing his purposes. But he doesn't expect me to do it all. And so I shouldn't either. Okay, so we've laid out the problem, but what do we do about it? How do we approach this? If this is something you struggle with, what do we do? Well, I, I think really in a nutshell, it's this. We need to approach our life, our commitments, our productivity with an attitude of wanting to choose to be faithful, not frantic. 
We, we, we don't assume that those are the same, that to, to faithfully work hard for the Lord means burning the candle at both ends. Choose faithfulness over franticness. I really, I'll, I'll be honest with you, this is something that like I'm just more and more coming to see the importance of. And it's that for most of us, faithfulness isn't going to look like doing it all. I know that there's like super people that really could do way more than I can do. And I think a lot of my desire for to be more productive is sort of driven by like, oh yeah, well, if anybody can do a lot of stuff, then so can I. I if, if that guy can do everything and, and manage it all at once, then, then I should be able to too, right? You hear the pride in that? Faithfulness often just means doing a few things really, really well. And what I mean is faithfulness may be best served by you being more focused and less frantic. And that means doing fewer things. Practically, it means pouring more of yourself into fewer commitments, less, but better. Instead of saying yes to everything, say no to a lot of things. So you can say massive, extra capitalized, bold faced, ultra yes to a few really, really important things and pour yourself into those. The result is you have a much more satisfying engagement with those activities and you are more faithful in them, and you are less overwhelmed. It is true that God has called us to work hard, but while taking on more than you can handle might feel like hard work, more often overcommitment is actually working at cross purposes to faithful work, not to mention our health or our sanity. What I mean is that more often than not, we think we're being more faithful by doing a greater number of things. But very often it is undermining the quality of what we should be doing. When you are overloaded, you tend to leave promises unfulfilled and you sacrifice quality. You cut corners. And even if your work doesn't suffer, you instead pass the burden onto your family or your friends or your church, right? If you, if you have so many commitments that to be faithful to your work obligations, for example, you have to be less faithful to your commitments at home. There's a problem and replace work obligations with ministry, replace, replace ministry with, with hobbies. What I mean is there is so many different things that we must do with our lives that we cannot rob from some commitments to pay for others, at least not in the long term, and still be faithful over commitment has you buy into that lie that you are infinite. And of course you, you can make it all work. You'll find time for it. You can't, you won't, you're a creature and God knows it. Chill. Maybe that's the best advice of this episode. Just chill. And the thing is too, like different seasons require rebalancing. I'm a parent of young kids. You want to talk about a rebalancing of my priorities, a rebalancing of my time commitments. There, If I want to be there for the childhood of my kids, I cannot work as much as I used to. I cannot do as many hobbies as I used to. I have to say no to more things to be there for my kids. That's okay. It's, it's a shuffling thing. I have to move things around. The problem comes when I believe that lie that I can do it all, that I can, I can be exactly as energetic or as productive 
or do as many things as I used to do when I was in my 20s and single as I can now that I'm married with kids with more responsibilities. It's not true. It's not true. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie. And get the guilt off of your shoulders, man. You are under grace and God knows your frame. You're dust. He remembers it. The problem is we need to remember it too. So if we want to walk more faithful, we have to embrace our limits as finite creatures. It's the same with a juggler. If he has too many balls juggling in the air, some of them are eventually going to have to fall. And so my suggestion to you is it's better to decide for yourselves which balls you're going to drop instead of waiting for the inevitable, instead of waiting for chaos to happen. Instead, lower your number of commitments to what you actually can do and be more faithful with fewer. So maybe it's time for you to step off the cycle of overcommitment. And maybe the best way to glorify God with your life isn't by doing more, but by doing less and doing it better. Thanks so much for listening to the episode, guys. Uh, Last thing, if you enjoy this podcast and you're not already getting my weekly newsletter, Reagan's Roundup, I really think you'll like it. It's packed full of insights on personal productivity, along with all of the best links I find each week around the web that I think will serve you in your journey to being a more productive Christian. To sign up, just go to newsletter.redeemingproductivity.com and there will be a link in the show notes for that. And also as a bonus for signing up, I send you my free morning routine planner PDF. Again, that's totally free. It's got a little worksheet for how you plan your day, how you're going to spend your time, getting devotions in, all those goodies. Go to newsletter.redeemingproductivity.com to view past issues and to sign up for Reagan's Roundup. Well, that's all I have for you in this episode. I will see you guys again here next week. But until I do, remember this, in whatever you do, do it well and do it all for the glory of God. (laughs) 